0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the SOCAP Improv Comedy Podcast. My name is Ralph. I am the owner and artistic director of the SOCAP Improv Comedy Theater in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. SOCAP.ca, 154 Danforth Avenue in Toronto, uh, near the Broadview subway station. Uh, Yeah, and uh, we do improv classes, shows rentals uh corporate events private events uh check out my other company yes unlimited yes unlimited.ca for all your corporate improv needs um whether it's team building leadership uh uh creativity brainstorming um i guess you know well no i mean that's specialized in all that and including uh i was just thinking about you know helping your um Well, it's team building, right? Helping your employees bond. Um, Yeah, so so many things that improv is really great for. And this podcast is about improv. uh, And I I try to pay attention to improv for non-performers. Like why would, which is the bulk of my students, uh, which are the bulk of my students. The bulk of my students are not interested in performing. Although many will get on stage, even if it's not their first inclination. But that's more about, I believe more about stretching comfort zones and uh, you know doing seeking discomfort doing things that are tough because they are tough because of what that will benefit you in the longer run Um, yeah so that's uh, that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm about and yeah as I was alluding to most of students that I have are not interested in performing and if you're a regular (laughs) listener to this podcast, you're like, yes, Ralph, we know. Move on. Okay. Fair enough. I'm going to work on making that intro shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, because I try to keep this to 10 to 15 minutes. And if I'm using the first five minutes to talk about the same old thing, it's not really getting to a lot of content. So I want to focus more on content and less on introductions. Uh, so I'm going to try and keep that shorter anyway. Uh, today, um, you know, there's a there's a very curious thing that happens if you've ever been fortunate enough to fall in love with someone. Uh, that's a it's a it's a wonderful experience, and um, and uh, the and part of that process that happens when you meet someone and you start to fall in love with them, uh, and the same thing happens with friends on a, I guess a, a less intense level or a different sort of level, a different kind of experience. But they're similar uh, in that, you know, when you're falling in love, you one tends to lose oneself in the good sense of the word. And you start thinking about the other person and you become much more focused on the experience. Um, and part of that focusing on the experience is, well, you can't stop thinking about that other person. You uh, when they talk, you're very attentive. Uh, you're very agreeable. Whatever they do, you tend to like it. Now in six months, the same things will drive you nuts. Uh, once you get out of that limerence phase or that 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 loving, that that first phase, a yeah, limerence is what it's called. And it's the first, whatever, six months to a year and a half where, yeah, you're gaga about that other person. You make up cute names for each other. And, you know, and what's going on or part of what's going on is, yeah, the losing of oneself, the self-consciousness goes away in large part and you're focused on this other person and their needs and and what they're doing and uh and uh the same thing happens when you are with really good friends and you're laughing your self-consciousness this your ego the sense of yourself is sort of uh submerged or disappears for a while and you forget your own selfish needs and i say selfish not in a bad way but we all have needs when we when we meet people and interact with them, and those needs it doesn't mean that they're bad. Like a lot of a lot of us, our need is to be liked, or to be seen as smart, worthwhile, intelligent, uh, a range of things. And it, it, you know, when I say we need things from other people, it doesn't mean we need you know their obedience or allegiance. No, it, sometimes it's just we want to be thought of as good people uh part of the group but um so with really good friends falling in love flirting um i think probably it also happens sometimes in crowds um like if you're a sports fan and you're with other sports fans in like a, a setting like a like a bar or a stadium or an arena or something and you're cheering your home team you kind of lose yourself and get caught up in an experience and that's what it is it's it's an experience, and I and I have a podcast where one of the the improv rules for life is serve the experience as much as you can. Try to get over yourself, your self consciousness, and serve the experience. Um, I was as I was thinking about this podcast, it also came to me that you know um, like photographs. Uh, it's probably I don't know if it's less so now because everybody's filming all the time. But certainly back in the day before, you know, cell phone cameras and everybody had to pull out an actual camera, uh, you could just see everybody's back stiffen and everybody gets a little bit more self-conscious, right? uh, They try to hide their real status. And, um, you know, the best photos always were, in my opinion, candid photos, like photos when the, the subject, I mean, photos of people where the person being photog- photographed didn't know, right? And, and that's not always. Of course, there are people who are professionals at getting their photo taken. They're pretty good actors as well. Or professional photographers are good at, at capturing moments when people know there's a camera coming at them. But in general, like for people who are novices, both in front of behind, and behind the camera, the best photos are candid photos when the self-consciousness goes away. And so, what does all of this have to do with improv? Well, I was uh, observing. Uh, I had a class uh, last week, and uh, an interesting thing happened in that there were there were scenes. There was there was a scene back to back, and in the first scene, uh, both these scenes were I wouldn't say very funny. They they dealt with real subject matter. There were certainly some laughs in them, but they were more real. There were more people talking about real things. Just two people having a conversation and these conversations were were by and large very true of themselves. So it was almost like watching a documentary in a way. Um, and one was very riveting and the second wasn't. And um, as I was watching the second one, what made it more riveting was in my opinion that the people taking part in the scene had lost that sense of their need. Their ego was gone, and they were. And there was a there was an ease about them. There was a informality, if you like, even though they were presentations being on stage. That kind of like actor quality, you know. Whenever, if you. If you are an improviser, or you watch people, the minute the scene starts, people tend to get their back a little straight. Sometimes their voice changes a little bit. Some people adopt postures on stage, uh, and this is all part of their self-conscious coming out in their bodies. And, uh, and 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 I I have noticed that for a while that the 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 people that are com- really compelling to watch, um, and even the ones that are funny. But the ones that you really can't take your eyes off of and you really want to, oh, more of that, please, are those individuals who on stage, their sense of what they need, you know, their need to be liked, their need to be interesting or entertaining goes away. And they are part of an experience that as a someone watching them, you become part of as well. And and then the whole audience and people on stage if it's on stage and it's an audience or if you're in a dinner party and you're holding court the same kind of thing happens where people just get caught up in an experience and they lose sense of themselves and how captivating that is being in the moment is I think captivating for all of us we we love getting swept up in moments whether it's you know game seven of some sporting event Um, an amazing story whether it's a play a a movie a book a television show a YouTube video Uh, these are moments where you forget the past and the future and you're just caught up in this moment in time this moment we call eternity eternity is not a when eternity is right now it's this moment this one this moment that just stretches on and on and on the here and now the present and so one of the things that makes people Captivating on stage to watch is when they can submerge their ego and submerge their selfish needs and just be in a time and place serving an experience and being Totally okay with what happens no matter what the other person says their mindset is like perfect What you just said did expressed was perfect and I'm just going to deal with that I'm not gonna try to change your mind I'm not going to make you see my point of view, which is changing your mind. I'm not going to convince you of anything except I'm going to honor what you've just said and deal with that in some way. So, and to me, that comes from the suppression of the ego, which is one of these things that's easy to say, but incredibly difficult to do. And so I would encourage you to look into that and see if there is a way to do it. For me, it comes through laughter, and it comes through suspension of judgment. When you're with people who are suspending judgment, <coughs> pardon me, and opening up, we tend to open up. We sort of overcome our fear, and that's it. it's, it's it's letting go of your fear. You know, John Cleese once said about creativity: the surest way to kill creativity is the fear that people will make a mistake. And I think that's uh, I think that's very wise, and I think that's true, that the minute we are concerned that something we will say or do will be taken, will be judged negatively or seen as a mistake, makes us want to be safe. And then we shut down all these ideas that are coming up and popping out of us. You know, and where do these ideas come from? They come from our subconscious and they come from our, you know, des- I think desire, maybe not desire, that's the wrong word, but they come from our subconscious and and our subconscious You know, uh, most of our behavior is subconscious. We just, after it happens, we give ourselves a conscious reason why we chose that, which is, you know, I'm not going to talk about free will in this podcast, but that's, to me, that's what's going on. So creativity, you know, first is the, is the getting over the desire or the fear of making mistakes to embrace the desire of the experience over my selfish needs and uh, to be relaxed. Uh, in a moment. Again, easy to say, much easier to say than to do. Um, And so, you know, the only other thing I can think of about a recommendation is to find places where you can do that when the stakes are very, very small, you know, like uh, wanting to do that and going on stage for the first time, it's not compatible with that trying to get out of your head and serve an experience. I mean, any, i think on stage for the first time is going to be so focused on themselves with with good reason i'm not i'm not saying that's foolish of course that in the second time too uh but the first you know but uh but by and large over time the repetition of it uh hopefully will allow one to put that aside and that's and that's what i would suggest is finding ways where you can Um, so, you know, let, let go of your need, whatever your need is. And that's part of, you know, looking deep with inside yourself and figuring out what your gimmick is. Like, what is it that you need from people? Maybe you don't know. Um, but that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But anyway, what I just wanted to, you know, like to go back to serving the experience and letting go of your selfish needs. And your, yeah, need to get things from people and just serve the experience. I think if you can do that, if you can find a way to make that happen, and again, at low stakes, it's, uh, it's hard when the stakes, it's like play. You can play with people when, you know, when the, um, when there's no stake on the outcome. Like if you play a sport with somebody or a board game, there's desire to win. We all have the desire to win. You know, nobody wants to lose when there's actual, like like chess, right? I I want to win at chess. I'm, I'm still going to enjoy it and probably have a good time, but I want to win. So there's stakes. But with the improv, the one thing that's great about the playing of improv is there there shouldn't be stakes or as much as possible. There's no stake for me to win, for my character to win. What I want to do is serve an experience so that we both win. Anyway, that's my time today. Try to find a time and a place where you can let go of your needs to be impressive, uh, funny, uh, liked, and just get into the experience. Try to let yourself go. Easy to say. Difficult to do. Anyway, thanks so much, everybody. Uh, That's my time. See you next time here on uh, the Improv SoCap Improv Comedy Podcast. Have a great week. Be kind.